0: Welcome to the Harmony of Interest series, where we explore ideas that shape our world. My name is Evan Papp, and I'm the executive producer for Empathy Media Lab that publishes content on labor, political economy, art, and culture, and we're a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. Today I'm speaking with Nicole McCandless, who is a lifelong social and racial justice activist and author of Down on James Street an illustrated children's book that explores racial prejudice from the point of view of two teens who meet at a dance in 1930s pittsburgh byron granby was the illustrator and hardball press is the publisher so nice to meet you nicole nice to meet you and could you begin by talking about where you're from and what got you interested in race labor and class
1: Yeah, I grew up in the Pittsburgh area, a little bit north of Pittsburgh, and I've been living um, closer to the city for the last 15 years. And when I was younger, I didn't really know much about labor, um, which was kind of funny because Pittsburgh is, there's a lot of labor history here where it's steel town. Um, And when I got to college, I remember the class I was sitting in where I first learned about what a union was and this light bulb went off in my head and My mom was a waitress growing up and became a teacher, and both of my grandmas who helped raise us were janitors. And I thought, what, how different would my life have been if these women had had a union? And so for me, I came to the labor movement that way, kind of learning about the history of Pittsburgh. Um, And then after college, I became a labor organizer with Unite Here, which is hotels, casino workers, restaurant workers. And so that's when things, you know, really got, got moving for me in the labor movement.
0: Yeah. And what, what are some campaigns that you've worked on with Unite here?
1: Um, Well, I, uh, myself was a waitress at a casino, the Meadows Casino, um, which is kind of south of the city of Pittsburgh. And I joined the union committee there with a group of workers and won our first contract and won free family health care and all kinds of great stuff. So that was kind of my big real life introduction to the union and what organizing can actually do when workers join together. And then after we won that there, the union asked me to come out on leave and eventually I became part of the union staff in Pittsburgh. And so that was a lot of hotel campaigns, um, people fighting, there's a big casino uh, right in Pittsburgh which is not union yet, but we had a lot of fights and won some stuff on the shop floor, so.
0: Great, great. So why did you want to write this book?
1: Well, this book specifically, um, I feel like writing was one of those things. I've always loved writing since school and always wanted to do it. I will say the life of a union organizer did not provide a lot of time for, for, uh, for writing. Um, so I left that job a few years ago and um, I had just had a baby and I was like, if I'm going to write, maybe this is the time for me to, to actually try to do it. And this story about this dance uh, had been in my head for a decade. And it was one of those stories about Pittsburgh that nobody really knows about minus a small group of history people (laughs) who like that kind of thing.
0: Um,
1: And when I was doing organizing, I spent a lot of time in that that part of the city, the North side, where the event took place and no one really knew about it. So that was kind of the story that I, when I started writing, I was like, I want people in Pittsburgh to know about this. And I think there's an opportunity to connect it to a lot of things that are still going on in Pittsburgh today and to get kids talking about it.
0: So what's this story about?
1: So the the actual, there's very little bit known about the actual event. It was like a little um, aside written on some minute notes about how a dance that the Young Workers League was holding was closed down for interracial dancing. So that's kind of where the thought started. And then the rest of the story is fiction. Um, but it's about two teens who go to this dance and they start doing the Lindy Hop. There's great music, great fashion. And then the police come and break up the dance. And um, George is white and Dorothy is black. And the police, you know, specifically point to them. And the teens scatter and Dorothy wants to save the dance. And George is kind of faced for the first time in his life with his privilege and kind of goes through the process of um, trying to understand that and has to decide if he's gonna fight, do the right thing or kind of what his options are. And then in the end, they save the
0: things. <laughs> and the, the tension of his background and how his parents wouldn't understand what he was doing and where he was going. and. Uh, what was the Young Workers League?
1: Um, it was the communists. <laughs> um, and uh, this, this specific building on the north side in Pittsburgh, the real history of the building is very fascinating. The socialists met there, the communists, all the different kind of um, national leagues, like the young Hungarians and the young Germans. Like every, This was just a big social, it was called the Social Lyceum at one point, and everyone would meet there. Um, So there were a bunch of radicals (laughs) from all these different groups who would come and meet. And so they ended up having um, events like this based on the research in their notes, they would have several kind of events um, that were young people who were interested in the movement could come hang out.
0: And it, obviously ends in a positive manner. It is a children's book as well. Uh, and it sounds like, you know, Dorothy's uh, family has the best parties with uh, the father yeah. who's, who's the musician. And uh-huh. You also really focus on the historical note at the end with questions. Uh, how did you develop those?
1: Um, that I, In some ways that's the most important part of the book to me because, um, I really, it is challenging. I mean, I have, now I have three kids as of this week. Um, And I think uh, figuring out how to start talking to our kids from a young age about this kind of stuff can be hard. And I wanted to give parents and teachers and librarians a tool. Um, This book is really fun, but it also has a lot of serious issues. So when you get to the end, it can kind of help parents connect you know, why did this dance that happened in the 1930s, how does that still matter today? Uh, And in Pittsburgh, it definitely matters. We're still a a pretty segregated city. And so being able to use this event to talk about it, uh, that's kind of my thought process as I was coming up with the questions is how can parents make those connections?
0: And just side note for the audience, you became a mother of your third child this week Yes. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> I'm so surprised that you're, um, you know, able to take this interview, but uh, you look great. And congratulations
1: yeah. <laughs> on your Thank third
0: you. And third, what third has one. your, oh, sorry.
1: Third one, so I'm ready, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so were you able to read this, uh, this story to children and, and get some feedback or what was the response when the story is read around children?
1: Yeah, it's, I think it's been a little bit hard with COVID to be in person with a lot of people, but I've read it to kids in my family who are younger. So um, I didn't go into as detail, but I have had friends who've read it to their kids um, as I was writing the different drafts. And so far, the response has been good. Um, I think it has the effect of drawing kids in with the music and dancing because it's different than music and dancing today. So it's Fun, and then they get to kind of deal with some of the harder issues but I think I'll be getting more response over the next few weeks so I'm excited to see how what people think.
0: And to go into the process of writing, uh, what was it like working with an illustrator? What was that? Uh, how, how did you work with the, the illustrator?
1: Um, also weird because of COVID, everything, Byron and I did everything virtually and you know, we talked um, we haven't met in person, which I can't wait until we actually do get to meet in person. But uh, it was important to me to have a local artist since it's a, such a locally focused book. And my friend Stephanie, who's part of the UFCW, Giant Eagle is the Pittsburgh, like the local Pittsburgh grocery chain. <laughs> she
0: UFCW works- United Food Commercial Workers. <laughs> <laughs> Commercial Workers. <I> She's-
1: <laughs> <know the> <laughs> My friend Stephanie is a member um, there and she worked with Byron at the grocery store and they were on the union committee together and part of the fight, and so she was like, "This guy's an artist, and you should work with him." And so, we did, and it all really it worked out well. I sent him a bunch of historical photos, and he, um, you know, being from around here, he kind of knew what to do.
0: And how did you go through the research of uncovering this history of 1930s Pittsburgh?
1: And there were a couple different things. I went to the archives at the University of Pitt to kind of look through the old minute notes, which was fun, but you know, I didn't, didn't learn too much and weight of the book, but it was, it was a fun exercise to, to just go through and look at that stuff. Um, and then in terms of the music and the dancing, uh, Norma Miller, who's not from Pittsburgh, but um, she, is, she wrote a book called Stomping at the Savoy And the Savoy uh, Ballroom, uh, which was in New York City, was one of the only racially integrated dance halls at the time. And so I read her book. And they also had racially integrated battles of the bands. So that was a lot of fun research to um, just really get in the mindset of that time period. Uh, So yeah.
0: Well, it's definitely inspired me to learn the Lindy Hop as well. So what, what's some of the challenges of writing about characters from an opposite cultural background?
1: Yeah, I think that it is, um, it's very important to, uh, to be thoughtful about how we're writing those kind of characters. I, one of my first drafts of this book, Dorothy was more of the main character and she went home and saw her family and, um, they were more part of the book and, at a certain point, as it's not really appropriate for me to write about Dorothy's experience. I don't have the experience of um, dealing with segregation from the point of view of a black person or police violence. So, you know, I, through the drafting process, I was like, "What experience do I have?" And that is the experience of George of figuring out, um, you know, my own privilege and what is my responsibility, and looking at my own life which was very segregated, Um, much like George looks around at his old life, um, his own life and sees that most of the people in it are white and who his family knows. And even today in Pittsburgh, that's I think a common thing. Um, So being able to put more of that in the book of my own experience and, you know, black people don't need me to tell them about (laughs) violence, uh, but I do think that, for white people who are activists and who, do, who want to do anti-racism work, it is our responsibility to, to talk about white privilege and be honest about it. And I hope one of the other lessons about from this book is that what George does is, is he decides he has to listen to Dorothy. And I think that that is um, something that I figured out too working with the labor movement. I think it's really easy as a white person to think that your ideas are always right and people should, listen to um, as part of part of our culture, you know, that people should listen to you and you should be in charge. And that's not true. And so George kind of goes through some of that as he's questioning what he should do. Um, So I hope that lesson comes across in the book.
0: So taking a step back, how can we raise children to be more socially conscious, and more racially conscious, more class conscious? I know this book is a, a first step in that direction or you know, many steps in that direction, but how, how do you um, raise your own children with that consciousness in mind?
1: Yeah, I think books like this are good. I think own voices books. I think most people listening probably know about own voices, but making sure that your bookshelves are filled with books that are written by people of color and illustrated by people of color um, is really important. And I, I think taking your kids to, it's hard with COVID right now, but I think hopefully things are getting better. But I think one of the most important things you can do is physically take your kids to protest, uh, to events. I think being able to see firsthand what activism is, is really important. So uh, hopefully this summer we'll be able to get back out there. Uh, so for people who are who have little kids, when it's safe, I think taking them with you, strapping them to you to go to the picket line or, or whatever kind of event uh, is probably the best this way.
0: So are, are you able to reach out to schools and libraries to share this book and hopefully that they can share it as a curriculum with students coming up as well?
1: Yeah, I've started some of that process and um, once I'm fully recovered here from from childbirthing, I hope to get the new baby strapped to me and go to some local bookstores and schools and libraries and um, be more face-to-face with people
0: Great. And so uh, in closing, where do you see opportunity and hope? Um,
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, the labor movement can be hard. It's hard sometimes, you know, I've been on campaigns that we've lost. I know the Amazon workers just lost. I think it can feel, uh, it could feel sometimes like, what are we going to do? But I think that it's important for the small victories to look at the small things that we've won. I mean, the Amazon organizing came from poultry farmers uh, or uh, workers winning. And so I think focusing on our victories uh, is is good. Uh, and I think getting back out there, I think so many of us have just been in our houses or on Zoom or stuck. Uh, so I think the sooner we can get back out with each other, and uh, organizing together, I think that's gonna bring a lot of hope back to people. Uh, and also, I mean, obviously the young people, I think that's why children's books are important is the young people are always the most inspiring. The, the kids who are doing the, the, the global uh, environmental protests who are walking out of school, I think that's a great place to look for inspiration for young people who are not waiting for adults to tell them how to do it. They're figuring out on their own, which is what George and Dorothy do. So I hope that that is, um, I think that is inspiring to people.
0: Nicole, thank you so much for your time and everyone should go to Hardball Press and get their copy of Down on James Street. Thank you so much.